You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul takes follow-up questions on Genesis chapter 27, noting his remarkable discovery about the dialogue between Eve and the serpent in Genesis chapter 3. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. The reference to the problem with the daughters of Het in 46 really stood out. Before, it seemed like there was wasn't such bad relationships with the Hittites, but here they're singled out as the nation that Jacob should have no dealing with, at least their daughters. Do you have any insight into what's going on with the daughters of the Hittites being the specific group that Jacob needs to avoid? Because it's a ultimate group, very far away, you know, and they came down and conquered the area and so on. And it is mentioned in Joshua. I mean, you have to take this into consideration that it was called the land of the Hittite on purpose. But then I'm going to try to answer from a different perspective, namely that the not mingling with the nations is very clearly put into Deuteronomy so that you would not be influenced to follow their ways that include serving Elohim, Aherim, the other gods. That is the clarification that is done. So it's not they that they are bad, but they are the channel of temptation. Let me make a big jump because I dealt with in my latest book. Notice how the Nahash, which is the serpent bad guy and so on. My dear friend, hear it in the original. He was a, a Haya, a living animal of the field. Now, where did you hear that expression a few verses earlier? When God formed Hayot Hasadeh from the Adama, from whose dust he formed the man. So there is a play in the original, not rendered in theology. Suddenly in theology, you jump to Satan. But this is not what I hear. First of all, I don't hear the name Satan there. Take your time, reread it. He was actually, technically, let's read, he was one of the living beings of the field in Hebrew. Wahannahash. Haya Arum Mikol Hayat Hasadeh. 
he was smarter, most cunning, among every living being of the Sadeh, which means, I mean, if you hear it linguistically, he was a Hayat al-Sadeh, and very clearly because he translated as serpent and an animal. Which, continue, verse 3, and the Nahash was craftier than every living being of the field, which made the Lord God, which is exactly the expression used a few verses earlier. But as I showed in my book, he twisted all the intent of the text by eliminating the word Yahweh before Elohim. I discussed it very clearly in the conversation between the Rahash and Eve, into which Eve fell, she made a technical mistake. She accepted the statement of the Nahash that it is God that commanded them. But this is wrong, because in the text, it's the Lord God that commanded them. And immediately, I was stunned when I noticed that. Actually, I didn't notice this in my first book. Immediately after the conversation, you have a reverting to Yahweh Elohim. That cannot be happenstance. Because he wanted them to feel that this Yahweh, you should stick with Elohim, he doesn't want to be like God and so But this is, friends, not theologically. I don't know how to put it, you know. I'm getting tired at the end of my year. I'm reading a story. The Nahash is a beast of the field. Period. And in my new book, that's why he could talk with Eve, because she was made out of a rib from someone who was made out of the Adama, like all the other animals. This is very tricky. How could it be? And so on. I'm telling you how it could be. In the text, it is possible. But the name is an omen, as we say, bad omen. Anyone who knows Arabic, he knows. Like the bad eye, another expression for it is the face of Nahs. And Nahs, Nuhas, is the bronze. That's why you fight against the bad eye with bronze. A lot of people in the Middle East have bracelets made out of bronze and so on. It's like the voodoo. Ah, this is silly. I didn't learn this when I was doing my doctorate in Thessaloniki. It doesn't help the case. Because you're forcing the issue. I went on an aside, but it is important for our discussion. That's why, if you don't hear this connection, 
in the translation between the Nahash, which is serpent, and one of the two columns in the temple of Solomon, which is Nahushtan, then there is no way for you to get it. I can speak until doomsday, but looking at your reaction, Richard, because you know Hebrew and you know that this is the original word, you can follow what I'm saying. Now, you and I may disagree on how the connection is made. That's why it's a myth that I like to impose myself. In my conclusion, I don't want to impose myself. That's my conclusion. But I'm not allowing you to counteract it by quoting a father of the church who doesn't know Hebrew. And this is something we have to push for. And I took my time, actually. This is one of the main things I said in my second book compared to the first. And Matthew comes to mind. Do not emit judgment before the day when the judgment will be emitted by God. Because if suddenly you make out of me an icon, you would say, how many people say my magnum opus is my commentary on Galatians, which may be correct. This is what opened to me the window into scripture. But I consider, for instance, volume three about Psalms and wisdom extremely important among my works. 2 Corinthians, Ezekiel, extremely important. But then came the crowning of it all, the rise of Scripture. But I have dust in lion as a thorn in my flesh. How about your second last and the third last and the fourth last? So, I'm not going to allow you to quote me from the rise of Scripture against a statement from decoding Genesis 1 through 11. But you said it. Yes, my name. It's like now we're going to publish my first Thessalonians. And I reminded Father Mark that he should put the date under my name in the intro. That it was 1982. Now, I was debating whether republishing and the one who convinced me is my colleague from Lebanon. Do not let anyone put down and do not you put down the value of one Thessalonians in comparison with Galatians. And I said, yes, sir. There's a big value in its own time. And that, friends, we have to submit to that until the close of the age and not Nicaea was the major date in history you know but 
Chalcedon is the most important in its own. Third important. There is no third and fourth and fifth. And you end up with the silly icons of the last ecumenical council. That you have on the vestment of the priest a cross, but how do you recognize the bishop? When he hides the cross on his vestment with a mantilla where you have two icons. I mean, is that for real? Anyway, anyway, all this, I believe it's, uh, and again, I'm thankful to you. I mean, to your work and your questions and it allows me to go into. I really want to draw out what you were saying. Verse 21 in chapter 2. So the Lord God caused. Verse 22, the Lord God fashioned. <laughs> All right? So you keep hearing the Lord God, the Lord God. Then chapter 3, verse 1, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said. Okay. And then continue. Continue the conversation. Elohim in verse 3. Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Then the woman mimics the serpent. That's right. And the woman said to the serpent. Then 5, Elohim. From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said. You shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, You surely will not die, for God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loin coverings. Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking. That's it, right. Said, very, Come on, very friends, striking. where was I in all this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> so the one who's going to judge is the one, textually speaking, is the same one that issued the commandment. This is what the scriptural God is going to do on the last day. He's going to tell us, your theology is like Genesis 3.1 to 3.7. I'm not bound by it. I'm not involved in it. But when I come, you're going to be responsible for the commandment I gave you in chapter 2. That is the function of this passage. But... Who before me said that? No one. Who after me will say that? No one. But what says that? The text itself. 
I mean, if we don't start with this, then you, you can you can do whatever you want. That's why now everybody is submitting to my whim. You know how in the class of Hebrew you rush and you say Yahweh God. I said no. And now they smile before translating it. Elohim is God, Yahweh is Yahweh, whatever it is. I don't care how it's translated. But you may not mix. And this is what we do in theology. And that's why the Nicene Creed is a good example for me because I use it against orthodoxy. They say, you are forcing the issue that Jesus is as God as the Father is. The text doesn't say that. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ. God from God. It's not that he's God and footnote from God. No, no. And if we don't hear, so at that time, people were still, and notice how they didn't call him Logos and so on, and uh, but they cheated in other places where they said that he died and was raised and eliminated, died, and then George Hodder says, yeah, it's obvious because he's the eternal Logos. They wanted to tell us that he doesn't die. How could you do that? And this is part of the power of my teaching that I refer to, like when I give examples about the liturgy or the icons to show that the people had some respect for things where in most of the icons where you have teachers, you have them holding a text so it's not all bad, but the trouble with the scripture that it doesn't accept 80% of good and 20 of bad. You have really to push for the extreme and ultimately you may not decide on the value and function of a story, especially if you have names, until you have covered the story of all those names. Like Hebron doesn't end at the end of Genesis, it reappears in Joshua. Anyway, you heard that many times. We need to repeat it and try to make sense of it. Okay. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.